0: where Eric is furiously trying to learn how to dab for videotape of Cam Newton. It's the Seahawks Nest Podcast.
1: Oh,
2: you... Shots fired. You hit me in a place <laughs> I don't want to be hit, because... Did I hit you right in your dab? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Listeners know I hate the dab. If there's one thing I hate in this world, it's cruelty. If there's two things I hate, it's cruelty and the Dutch. And then, way back down in like eight or nine... It's the dab.
0: See, there's two things
2: I'm intolerant of: people who are intolerant of dancing moves, and the dab. <laughs> no, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> there you go. Way to way to make the same joke work. <laughs> uh, yeah, in two different ways. That's your theme for tonight. Yeah. Uh, welcome back to the Seahawks Nest. The I am your host, Eric Ronnebeck. With me is the ultimate Will Smith fan, Kevin Garber. I gotta get me one of these. And. Uh, Kevin, how disappointed were you that Will Smith did not rap on the Suicide Squad soundtrack?
0: Are we talking about Will Smith, the uh, the guy that's on the Giant Bombcast?
1: That Will Smith? At Will Smith on Twitter? Or are no. we talking about Will Smith? We're, we're talking the about movie star. former New Orleans Saints defensive lineman, Will Smith. Oh. Thank you. And with me. Yeah, uh, that's what you get. Operating
2: the booth and asking down the room. all the goofy questions is Nathan Santo. I'm here. I'm alive. Yeah, uh, so this. This weekend, gentlemen, it, it came to fruition. The trap game happened. Seahawks lost. The Mariners lost a stinker to the Rays, 14-5. to Our starting pitching just couldn't get going. We did manage five runs. We just couldn't get the... Not the a unique runs. score. Not a unique score? Not a unique score. Not the only 14-5 to game. That's sad. I don't really want unique scores unless we win, though. <laughs> but yeah, 14-5, and Nathan pointed out, with what, nine minutes left in the second quarter, the final score had already been decided.
0: Yeah, it was like there was like twelve minutes left in the second That's quarter, and it was fourteen to five. And ex- no more score, no more points would be scored.
2: It's bad enough to have a wasted time we when
0: we lose. We would but... slowly just bleed away win percentage on the win percentage chart. On the
1: box score, the turf turns green in the or it turns blue in the forecast, and it just says here there be monsters. That's right. <laughs>
0: yeah, if you look at the win probability chart for this game, it's just like
2: it, everyone it just loses. Stays the
0: same, and then all of a sudden in the third quarter, it just slowly starts going towards Tampa Bay. <laughs> wow.
2: That's crazy. That's It
0: says around it says around 60-70%. I mean, people should look this up. It looks like a drift chart for
1: wood. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very
2: boring. You know, to see how we played last year, you know how we were losing games close. This game was almost like that except I don't know, like, we weren't as close this game. I got a listener (laughs) question that actually has to do with this.
0: There was one positive takeaway from this game, but let's do the listener question first.
1: So, um, at Tones, I'm going to assume it's not Tonys, 84 on uh, Twitter asked, how many games has Seattle not scored a touchdown in and what are the similarities? And I went ahead and broke that down a little bit. All right, so
0: how, how, how far back did you have to go? Uh,
1: it's for this season. And so, three games this season, Seattle has failed to score a touchdown. Yep. Uh, one Point, was the Rams, Rams game, the, the tie Dolphins, against Cardinals. the Dolphins, or the Cardinals. tie against the Cardinals, scored a touchdown, in the Dolphins game. Oh, we did score a touchdown, the Dolphins game. Um, I don't remember it. It was before it was Russell died. Awful. Yeah, it was on a passing touchdown, though, to Doug.
2: Maybe. Maybe. Um, Probably Jermaine Kerr's because the world hates me.
1: And then Week 12 against Tampa. So some similarities I noticed. Um,
0: Jermaine kerr got too many targets in both
1: (laughs) games. That's a similarity of all games. One one similarity (laughs) I will say,
2: pass rush. The opposing pass rush, yes?
1: Um, I actually noted a few other things. So Russell Wilson's career average on yards per attempt is 8.01. Last season when he took a step forward, it was 8.33. So, against the Rams, it was 7.3. Against Arizona, it was 6.1. Against Tampa Bay, it was 4.6. When he's wow. throwing under
2: his average, those are games that we're not scoring in. No deep threat. That's a really cool stat, Kevin, first of all. Second of all, I want to point out that the Rams game and the Cardinals game, Russell was injured. This game, Russell was fine. The The offensive line was more injured and more terrible. Or if we're going with how we've been speaking before we hit the record button, more worser. That's right, more worser
1: in, by far.
2: More batter. But here's
1: the other thing: uh, against LA, 19 running back carries. Against Arizona, 18 running back carries, and most of those were in the second half. There were only like five in the first half. And against Tampa, 12 running back carries versus you really 35, 37, you really and 33 Will pass to attempts. A running back. I'm really going to really going to say that his carry like that. I, I, he is carry. not a running back. He is a fullback at
0: best. But rushing, rushing is kind of the positive takeaway from this game, right? Like Russell, even though okay, yes, the running back running game was bad. Russell looked good running the ball. Yes, finally he looked. ninety nine percent back to normal? Didn't you predict he was going to have a big running day, like sixty or seventy yards? Yes, that was my bold prediction. And, and, and you he were would run, you he were would very run close, for yeah. seventy five yards or something like that, is something I said. And he ran for eighty. So. Yeah, Bam, so I was on that, but.
2: Uh, unfortunately, it didn't really help our offense as much as I expected it to. Um, I would say something like when it got going, we'd sputter out, but there was only like one or maybe two good plays per drive.
0: Oh. The problem is we went one for 11 on third down, which is
1: just unacceptable. And let me give you the death here. 3.2 yards per carry for Rawls. Curse had one reception on five targets. Lockett had zero receptions on six targets.
2: Mm. That Lockett one stands out. That was when the offense went to die. is you know, just bleeding targets for some reason, but Lockett it over six, that's bad. Yeah, it he dropped he dropped one and I thought he got pass interfered on one and didn't
0: get the call. I agree. Uh, so, he got so pass so interfered on a couple of times so I think. That, I mean that should have been that should have been dropped it down to one for five, but still not a great day. No. Uh the There uh, are a couple
1: of misses though. I think we can all agree Russ was inaccurate on the location of the ball. Yeah, no, he's inaccurate,
0: 17 for 33, he threw two picks. Uh, one of them was really bad. bad I think both of those were really bad. And then neither of them, I, I thought both of them were pretty horrible throws. Uh, and then the, the third down thing, though. You cannot win football games if on third downs you cannot protect the passer and give him any time to throw. And if we're in third and medium, like third and six, third and nine, third and 11, which was situations we ended up in because we could not get the running game going. So we end up in these third and longs. The offense is going to really struggle
1: to put anything together if you George Fant is just going to get blown up on every play. And Tampa was doing this clever thing where they kept running these uh, stunts and shifts on the defensive line. Yeah, was they they the kept the pre snap shifts that they were doing to make sure that they McCoy overloaded was, one side. McCoy is going to get doubled right here, so that's going to leave our
0: defensive end one on one against George mm-hmm. Fant.
1: Or yeah. either tackle really because there were a couple times where they did it to Gilliam too, and it didn't matter.
0: Yeah, but I would say Noah Spence was like incredible in this game, and he's uh, or yeah, Fant was just
1: that bad. Yes, he's a third down, he's a third
0: round rookie. He probably should have been taken in the first round just on talent as a speed rusher, but he fell because he's a questionable human being. I guess he's got
1: character <laughs> issues, and also he he showed game productivity, but there are a lot of people who didn't like things from his workout and. If he could have been like a 3-4 outside linebacker, he would have gotten a better look. People didn't like him as much as a 4-3 defensive end. But he's working out
0: pretty good next to uh, Gerald McCoy, which no surprise. I mean, Gerald McCoy is an animal. Yeah. Half sacks in this game really looked strong for them, even though we were pretty much double teaming him, or on every play. Yep. It didn't matter. Like, he he still found ways to get free. Uh, Another step that stood out to me was that the Seahawks generated exactly zero sacks.
1: Yep, yeah, um, that was big. We were
0: not able to generate any pass rush at all, which at the end of the game it did end up not mattering because their offense went super vanilla as they just tried to protect their fourteen to five lead, which doesn't sound like lot but it's two score lead. Like we can't, we have to score twice to come back on that, and they, I think they got the feeling that they we couldn't, yeah, that they just knew it was not possible. So let's give it to Doug Martin twenty three times and just let him bleed the clock
1: for three point eight yards per carry. 3.2 for Barber. Even Winston was under 8 yards per attempt. Like, it was. It was a really vanilla, short offense. It's just, since our offense could do nothing, it didn't matter.
0: I mean, in the second half, we didn't ask their offense any questions. We just said, hey, we're going to let you move the ball about 30 yards down the field, and then you can punt it.
2: Even that first drive, yep. Tampa Bay took 7 seven minutes off the clock in their first drive. And I mean, I don't want to yeah. blame injuries, because I
0: thought that the guys who filled in actually didn't look horrible, especially... Uh, Stephen Terrell who I thought was pretty good
1: he was much better than I anticipated
0: Yeah, I thought Steven Terrell might be like a um, scary thing to have in the yes. back defense, and then
1: he actually turned out to be pretty pretty awesome I, I think there's a bright future for Steven Terrell and the Seattle Seahawks it took him some plays to settle in I think that's part of what you saw in the first couple of drives I also think it took a little while for Sherman to realize that they were going to kind of let him play 'Cause he got pushed around by Mike Evans at the beginning, and once he realized that the refs weren't gonna call PI on him just for breathing on the receiver, that's when you started seeing him actually like
2: Yeah I mean they're matching
0: def- Evans. Their defensive game plan seemed to be take Cliff Averill away. Don't let Cliff Averill... or their offensive I mean, their offensive game plan, they did not want to let Clay, Cliff Cliff you know, damage them in the pass rush and he didn't. Yeah. He they were able to effectively keep him from doing much of anything in the game.
1: They also kept tight ends and running backs in to have an extra blocker. They played a numbers game because Seattle had to drop everyone into coverage to cover holes, and so Tampa didn't have a lot of targets out there, but they weren't going to let the sacks happen. Yeah, it worked for them. I mean, well. it, it was very conservative.
0: You just wait and wait and wait, and then eventually someone's open. You know? Yeah, you can't, you
1: can't cover forever. You can't
0: cover forever. Cameron Bray is going to be dragging across the end of the play, or Mike Evans is going to be. You can't cover Mike Evans even with two guys for that long. I mean, eventually he's going to get a step on someone. He's just
1: too tall, too fast, too big. He, I
0: mean, he made Johnny Manziel into a Heisman Trophy candidate.
1: Yep. Anything this is impossible.
0: true. Yeah, this is
1: true. Yeah, when Manziel pawned that, he should have just given it to Evans. <laughs> uh,
2: how was the uh, – our offensive line was atrocious, but what – Our tackles were atrocious. Well, on top of that, we were letting pressure in up the yep, middle. Pressure was getting in through the middle. But and the I,
1: Brit was out. We had Brit, Hunt in. We had our
0: backup. Man, Britt. Joey, Joey Hunt did not improve. The,
1: the thing is, he was okay, but it, you know, it's hard to impress against Bacol. I just want to say real quick, there's though. A, there's like, a
0: trickle down effect. Joey Hunt comes into the game. He gets. Uh, he, now he's communicating. Effetti, who's a rookie, is playing in between two guys that he's never had to communicate with on the offensive yeah. line. Effetti starts playing worse. Glowinski's playing next to Hunt, who's getting his lunch eaten. Glowinski's probably playing a little worse because he's trying to press to make up for that. And it's just like. And Fant, who's oh, Fant, also. Sorry, Fant, yeah, that's what I meant. Fant who's getting his lunch eating, and it just, it had this effect where every single part of the offensive line looked even worse than any improvements that we had seen in the last two weeks. Were negated and then some yes, by the I'm way sorry. the offensive line played this week.
2: One well, all year we've been giving props to Justin Britt because you know we we harped on him so bad. But as a center, it's like yeah he's functional. He actually looks really good without yeah, Justin he seems Britt. Like a good NFL center without Justin Britt. It just shows you how good Justin Britt has been this year. And I'm yeah. hats off to Justin. I Britt. I mean he's the center is the leader of the offensive line. He's the he's the guy that
0: communicates and gets everything going. And I think Britt has been. Pretty good, and then I think the a lot of the improvements along the line have to do with cohesiveness. One, the middle part of that line has played together for a lot of games this season. Yep. And Britt's significant improvement as center rather than tackle is the second part. Those two things combined to make our offensive line serviceable for the last two weeks. I wouldn't say it was great, but it was it was, it was functioning. It was better. It looked like we were turning the corner and we could be a functional offense. This week, we saw a huge step back in that regard.
2: Yeah, Yeah. we're not totally healthy. We were missing Earl Thomas. We were missing Michael Bennett. But for us to play like this on offense, like with Russ healthy, it kind of took like, oh, we can go anywhere in the playoffs. It made me tame that real quickly. Yeah, Yeah, we talked about we
0: wanted New England. So it's like you think like, oh, we can be anyone anywhere. But I'm starting to pump the brakes on that a little bit. Yeah, I'm starting to feel
1: like the home field advantage is going to be even more important in the playoffs with this line. Definitely
0: matters a lot for sure. Uh, With the
1: both lines. I yeah. Mean, if, if Michael
0: Bennett's not going to be healthy by playoff time, and it's it rumors are swirling that he might come back this week, he, or if he doesn't come back this week, it'll definitely be the next week. But you just never know. The injury originally wasn't supposed to be that long, and it just keeps seems like it keeps getting pushed back farther and farther. Uh, I'm worried that you know, at some point, you know, this team is cannot get generate pass rush on the road, and we get destroyed on the road in the pass rush. Like if we have to go on the road in the Second round and play at Dallas, or if we have to go in the second, like if we have to play at Dallas, are we going to be able to get a single sack even against a rookie quarterback? Like, I worry about stuff like that,
2: yeah. On that offensive line, that's Dallas is a whole nother beast. It's can we keep the number two seed right now? Like, we have the number two seed. I, if we won this game, I don't, I don't know if Dallas is going to lose another game, and if they do, I don't think they're going to lose two games. Yeah, so, Dallas is pretty much has the one seat locked up at this point. And this we, play- play- we have to on. hope
1: for them choking in the playoffs,
0: which I think we want to get a home game. I at think the end.
2: that's likely, but it's possible. So our Canada. biggest
0: hope is that you know Atlanta doesn't pass us for two,
2: and I'm sorry Detroit as well. Detroit's not even. going I even know, pass. but you got to look at them. You got to. That's that's a team you have to they look at. They just
0: keep winning these fluky close games.
2: They're a, they're a team that is not as good as their record. At some but some the Magic Pixie Dust will run out. And here's they're, the thing, they're,
1: I, giants, they're Giants West. I don't mind
0: playing Midwest, west. As west as you want to put. Yeah.
2: If
1: we have to play Detroit in Detroit, I'm okay with that. Yeah, there are teams I don't mind playing on the road.
0: The this year, every team has a fatal flaw. There is no team that looks complete.
1: Yeah, but Seattle's fatal flaw is one that people used to not believe you could win with. You're not supposed to be able to win with no functional offensive line. That's an oddity. That's an outlier.
0: Yeah, and I and, and maybe we can't, you know, at the end of the day, it's a question that needs to be asked, you know, does the can a team with, you know, if everyone's healthy, I would say are we haven't, you know, 20th, 22nd, you know, below average offensive line without with all these injuries, I mean, we are the worst offensive line in the yeah, league, and I think absolutely. it's pretty pretty definitive, you know, with all the injuries everyone hurt. We are the
1: worst. And, by the way, all the injuries was just hunt, was just hunting for Brit last game. Well, and then... Because Sol came in. Sol was playing on the right side. Sol and Gilliam, <laughs> that rotation was uh, not working for me. Yeah, neither one, neither one was good, turned
0: out. That is a harsh reality they, they, they to they look at. They tried to play the hot hand, and they couldn't even find a warm one. Yeah. <laughs> like, they were like, oh, it's, is anything happening here? And they're looking for a room
1: temperature hand
0: desperately. I have another question about this game. Who's George Farmer?
1: Can you give me some... Uh, George Farmer, former here? UCLA wide receiver, um, or, uh, sorry, USC wide receiver, I tried to convert him to defensive back. He was a UDFA. He floated around. And he was recruited by Pete Carroll, and he got snaps
0: yeah. at running back and wide receiver, correct?
1: Yes, but he did not look comfortable catching the pass. He, uh, yeah, he just didn't look like a piece and I like him, and I like his story, but he just didn't look like much of anything. All right, that,
0: I needed to know because it, with as our running backs continue to just get hurt all the time. Yep. You know, we're getting to the uh, this part of this year where guys come in, and I barely I've heard the name, but I barely know anything about them. You know, I just like I'm like George Farmer. That seems
2: like a guy that exists. Well, they haven't as of recording yep. this podcast. They have not cut him yet. And Bishop Sankey was working out with, I think, the Chiefs, and Vikings they didn't sign too. him. Has anyone signed him yet? Is he? I, I think he's on the right practice right? squad. Okay. I, I don't remember who's. He can, can get signed away from that, but we can't just, we'd have to sign him directly, right? Bishop Sankey is on the Vikings now. There you go. He uh,
0: Yeah, they, they just kind of, he just kind of bounced around, and I thought, you know, this could be a good fit, like someone that could be brought <laughs> along in the competition <laughs> model, but maybe he's
1: just kind of a jerk. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. He seems like he has the talent. He's like a three and a half yard per carry guy right now. Yeah, you know, he he took a lot of carries Sounds in like college. A, he's like a
0: rich man's Trent Richardson.
2: Uh, he's not as. Stup- <laughs> I don't he's know, Trent know Trent what Richardson. that is. Is is Trent Richardson, Trent Richardson a available? Boy, no. uh,
1: isn't that uh Eddie Lacy? <laughs> Ooh, that's you know I'd say I know, that Eddie cuts Lace deep. The but guy it's where true. they write
0: like ten articles about how he's in the
1: best shape of his
2: life, and then
0: he comes. Turns in and out, he's as fat as ever. Actually, yeah. have
2: you, do you guys hear for next season? He's looking incredible. <laughs> exactly, exactly. He's I'm telling he, you, I'm gonna draft him high in my so fantasy up. league.
1: He he went to the P180 program. <laughs> That's right. P one eighty For a turnaround. Hey, I, yeah. I don't wanna
2: I don't wanna let this guy off the hook. Uh Jared Reed didn't play that good. Paul Richardson. Um, uh,
1: do you, no, he had a great shrug. Jared, Jared Reed. That was a great shrug. <laughs> what did I do? That was a great shrug. <laughs> you know he did you know he must have
2: said something really messed up yeah. to like just totally get him. Do you um, that was great. Do you, yeah, he made a he made that guy with the beard very angry. <laughs> Paul Richardson, what is his? I'm sorry, I don't mean to just clamor on him after this one game, but what's his future on this team? Because he is he's very slight. He avoids contact. He was very disappointing this game.
1: He's a speed guy. He's like a number four receiver. I it's what, what do you want from him? He needs he needs to, to be used the,
0: properly. He needs He needs to go work out with me some if he wants to add some bulk. You know, like he needs to, <laughs> he needs to do some squats, man. Like he's he needs to work out with Eddie Lacy. Yeah, he should work out that he lays. He gains a bulk for sure. Uh,
1: the, but yeah, he, beefcake, he beefcake. Like, on the
0: one of those plays though, one of those three Richardson plays, the one on the sideline, I thought like they're like, oh, that should definitely that was definitely not pass interference, good call. And I was like, what about when he like dr- held his back arm? Like, I don't, yes, think, I don't understand what constitutes pass interference if this doesn't. So on some level,
1: like, yeah, but Paul Richardson on uh, the interception. He rounded off his route on that interception. Yeah. That and just gave it away. Not sharp.
2: That was that was bad. He did not finish.
0: Well, no, it's just bad execution. Like if, if that route is run by Antonio Brown, it's probably not an inter- interception or at least it's
1: If that route's run by Antonio Brown or Doug Baldwin, it might be a catch. Yeah. Because they could have cut in front of the corner. Right. He rounded the route off and Werner is uh for all the things he's not old, what he slow. is is a veteran He's smart though. And he knew where the ball was. He knew where the ball was going. He just stepped in front and Richardson did not play defensive back.
0: Weird thing. You're in the NFL for 10 years, you might learn a thing or two. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, exactly like, too.
2: That's both corner that's all the cornerbacks for Tampa Bay. They're savvy. They're old but they can still play. Right. I and mean, no, one of them has a crazy wife. Hargreaves is like 10.
1: <laughs> right. He's, <laughs> well, he's like 21, yeah. But
0: I mean he plays. He's like one of the youngest players in the NFL, but yeah. Like, it's very just, fast. You just be you just around. You're around for a long time. You know, you're going to ancient You're, of learn, football. Some, you're gonna learn some stuff. Uh, yeah, I thought Tampa Bay played good enough to win. They deserved to win this football game the way we played.
2: There's nothing in the stats that makes me think we got robbed in any way or anything. No, like, our offense know. just sucked. Our and
0: offense was just not good enough in this game. It yeah.
2: really sucks to say, but if you if you want to go with, like, the, the things that aren't on the stat book, I think we always play like shit when we go to Tampa Bay. We don't always lose, but we for some reason i don't know if it's that's a know, long trip. Yeah, it's what buffalo's longer maybe? That might be it. Maybe i don't think it is. Actually no, they're i guess they're just uh they're really northern team. Yeah, it might yeah. be Tampa but Miami. Miami Miami Dolphins i guess is a little farther, like 300 400 miles. Yeah. Yeah, either way it's bad. Yep. It's Are far. You ready away. To, yeah, to i was going to say uh, this Sunday night football on NBC with Maybe Mike Tirico, maybe Al Michaels, we don't know.
1: Definitely Eli Manning's stupid face. Eli
2: Manning's stupid face messing up the Sunday Night Football intro. You got Carrie Underwood singing, uh, you get Russell coming (laughs) off the bus, and then Eli Manning's big stupid face coming on my, like, right across my 50-inch TV. That's
1: right, you heard it here. Eli Manning's face coming on Eric's TV. I changed it, I changed it, you brought
2: it back. You have an awful, awful brain, sir. Here we go. Here
0: we go. Carolina's back, and then Luke Kuechly's probably still dead. Uh, I was going to ask. That's the best. We get to best news Luke I heard Keekly. all year. I mean, it, okay, it's like at this point, I would rank it true 50, 50, But he still has not practiced since since his concussion. So it's he, you have to have. He said, I think he did like a non contact drills practice. You have to have oh, a... Complete, that's unreal practice. You have to have that's a That's like pitching a simulated game. It's like... Um, I know this a lot about this because Jordan reads on my fantasy team. So, so, <laughs> so I know a lot about the concussion protocol now. I was forced to learn. And uh, yeah, you, you have to get practices in or they're not going to clear you to play. So I I would expect Keekly... Look at what happens Thursday. Look at what happens Friday. If he has a full practice Thursday or Friday, he's probably playing. If he does not, he's not playing. There's just, there's just no way about it. He's not going to travel on Saturday, play on Sunday... Without ever practicing, and the
2: same goes for Michael Bennett. Uh, Michael Bennett is if he, he doesn't practices. have to pass concussion protocol. So no, I mean, but if good. he practices, but on I mean, even if, he,
0: even if he practices, you know, if it's like a non-contact
1: practice or whatever, he could still. I could he limited snaps. He could still play like twenty-three snaps in the game. He because, could play Frank Clark's role, and Frank Clark could play his. It role would help on open steps. up
2: Cliff Averill because let's face it, this is in it's an impersonation league and it's copcat league, as people like to say. And with what Tampa Bay did against Cliff Averill, it's it's not opening up the book, but it's I mean, something that they can do.
0: And, I mean, on our pass rush plays, we like to play Bennett at tackle mm-hmm. and free up the guys on the outside to do damage. And, I mean, Bennett still does damage even from the inside, but we like to do stuff like that where, you know, Bennett and Averill are going to play a two-man game on the right side of the line and really make it a nightmare for the other team. Yep. And so, or, you know, in the when Bennett comes onto the field on third down, defenses don't know where he's going to line up he can line up at left end or right end or right defensive tackle or left he can line up on all four of those spots so they can't really like shift their protection to go against Bennett until they get to the line so that kind of stuff gives us a big advantage and that stuff is just non-existent in the current version of our offense where Frank Clark or Cassius Marsh is out there with Cliff Averill and Jaron Reed and
1: yeah, with a team that does not Michael Bennett. <laughs> yeah with a team that doesn't blitz you have to find your stunts and your shifts where you can right we and it, I mean it, we do, you don't want to have to send extra guys to
0: get pressure but not that's with the our point, team. that's the point we're at where we're and uh, the thing about our defense is it's physical but it's 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 good but it's not the fastest defense ever so if you're sending extra guys like people are gonna get beat you know there are gonna be holes in our defense the tight end is gonna be streaking across the middle of the field or you know, it's I a zone. If you have enough time, you can find a spot I zone. don't want to see Greg Olson catching 160 Ugh. yards worth of passes in this no. game. No. And that, that's what will happen if we're
2: needing to send extra guys to get to Cam Newton. And we don't even know if Earl Thomas is playing this game yet. It's a hamstring issue, so... Those things are like... You never know. You never know. He could be back this
0: week. He could not play again this season. Like, you just there's just no way to know yep. with the hamstring. Soft home. tissue
2: is rough like that. Don't say terrible things like that, Nathan. Uh, Cam Newton... Cam Newton is a uh, very good quarterback at times. He's a very awful quarterback at other times. He's a really immature player. What's what's the strategy against Cam Newton this week? Uh,
0: frustrate him. Uh, bring pressure. Get get pressure because their yep. offensive line is kind of a mess.
1: Their offensive lines, uh basically their offensive line efficiency-wise is the same as our offensive line. And we all know how bad that is. Yeah. So, I mean, It'll be nice the version see. of the offensive
0: line that we saw last week is probably worse than this Carolina yes.
1: offensive line. But it's
0: not by as much as you'd
1: think. What? Yeah, they're twenty second in pass protection and twenty second in run blocking. Yeah,
0: there, and it's really led to a big drop in accuracy for Cam Newton. He's been frustrated all year. Uh, he's he went having, from almost sixty percent last year to fifty
1: five point eight percent. They have, they have a lot of drops, like the most drops in the NFL. The yeah, NFL I looked drops. that up. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin has caught forty eight out of eighty six targets. Ted has caught. Say that again. He's caught forty eight passes on eighty six targets. That's insane. Ted Gins caught 36 passes on 61 targets. Devin Funches has caught 18 passes on 42 targets. No. The, like, Benjamins is okay. He's over
2: 50%, which is acceptable if you have like a possession guy, but their only possession receiver is Greg Olson. I said this crazy, though, for Kelvin Benjamin, though, because he's such a big target and he's Cam Newton's but favorite. I would target. guess like, he has f- at least five of their, their drops this season.
0: Uh, he has drops. quite a few, yeah. I mean, they're they're like in the middle. They're like towards the upper middle part of the drops, but like, just yeah, they. It seems like they don't throw that much, and then when they do throw, they are just not getting. Uh, they're not getting
2: what they need from their offensive players. Well, yeah. last year when we played them in the regular season, Jonathan Stewart ran all over us, or appeared to run all over us. He didn't. He he ran all over us comparatively, but. Is that something we have to worry about this year is that offensive line? Down to line? 3.6 yards okay. per
1: carry from 4.1. He's a guy I've never And really our trusted. run
2: defense is better yeah. than
1: it was last year. Our run defense is the best it's been in a few years, period, still. I mean, I mean even after uh, not having – like, even with the rest of the breakdowns on the team, our run defense was still good last week. They're still the number two run defense in the NFL. I mean, NFL. they're
0: 24th in turnover differential. They turn the ball over quite a bit, and they don't really create turnovers because their secondary is – uh, bad. highly questionable. Very bad they I mean they're starting two rookies at cornerback. I mean that's that's where they're at and their their safeties are not like guys you've you've heard of. It's On their- Trey Boston, Kurt Coleman. Like this is yeah. this is not a Who are also both young or one of them's really young. Uh, I want to say Boston is two years in the NFL and Coleman is older than that.
2: So yeah. yeah. I was gonna say they're cornerbacks also. It's not like these are these are young guys who are gonna be great next year. They're not looking very good. Like from the three games I've got to see of Carolina this year, they're they're getting beat frequently. Whoever's playing on the right side is doing all right
1: because um, Daryl Worley, yeah, yeah, because they're like middle of the league, like between fifteenth and twentieth on that side. They are the thirtieth team on throws to the left.
2: Ooh, that's telling. And
1: when you have someone who boot actions like Russell Wilson does like I, there could be some some major breakdowns on that side and players kind of finding soft spots in space
0: and i mean without keekley to cover up all their like i don't know
1: like i
0: think that the their defense gets kind of ready cuz keekley's so good in coverage Yeah. and it like covers up for how bad their safeties are and without keekley to cover up for how bad their safeties are it kind of exposes just like the the ineptitude the depth of the of the woes of their safety play their defensive line is still pretty good, and they their linebackers are awesome. Like, their front seven, if they could just lean on that front seven and trust it to be healthy, like, their front seven's pretty awesome. Which, if their
1: pass rush gets going, they kind of could, and that's the worry. Yeah, the
0: like worry is that Charles Johnson and Starlow Tulele will be in our backfield the whole game.
2: Yep. k Kwan short. What was Justin Britt's injury last week? I don't Offhand? know. Offhand? Because is he going to be back this week? That's the ultimate question. Uh, do, do we think he's going to be back? Is that's it? a really big question because yeah, being for, able to
0: integrate uh, Ben sword. and Bray are expected to play at this point um, Earl Thomas has been running so I, I don't know what that means You know, like that's it's the kind of thing that like we said like he could run and then he could be like yeah it tightened up and now I'm going to be out this week and then next week he'll run on it and now oh, it tightens up and I'll be out again and it just never really gets better.
1: Or he could be going and have two really good days, and then all of a sudden on the third day he's he's moving around, and it tweaks, and suddenly it's sore, and he's yeah. back to square one. Exactly. strains are rough.
0: Yes. Brett should make it back, though, which is good
2: for us. It's hard. The offensive line, I mean, they get banged up. and Even Dallas has had some injuries on their offensive line, you know, missing a game or two. It's, it's the one thing where you don't really spell guys on unless you're up by a a ton of points and then you know it's you're still not spelling the entire line so hopefully this offensive line can learn something hopefully Hunt can grow from his Tampa Bay experience I don't know well I oh. mean he's gonna he's gonna be back in his backup role yeah hopefully so yeah. it won't matter too much
1: to but me for this, now
0: the growth growth needs to come in Fant Fant needs to learn how to stop someone from speed rushing him over yep. and over again I mean if you go back and watch a tape of our passing plays he I mean there's nothing fancy about what Tampa Bay did to attack Fant. Fant just they just speed rushed to the outside and then and he's not mobile weird, enough. He has no right, kick slide around him. He's just his footwork is just poor so he just gets beat off the off the line. And it could be to do with the fact that we're on the road, you know, like he at home maybe he has, he's able to get a better uh you know timing p- timing and then he doesn't get just destroyed on a speed rush cuz it's hard on the road, you know, you're and he's doing it with a, with a center he's never played with. Yeah. so Just I and all that. There's a combination of factors here where maybe Fant's step back has less to do with his raw talent and more to do with a number of mitigating factors. I'm not sure. You,
1: it's hard to separate those things out.
2: Yeah. This week we'll be telling in that way. I think you're right. Related, I know that you guys don't really watch the Sunday night games, but against uh, the, the Chiefs-Broncos game, they broke down. that game. Okay. Did you see a
0: uh, 62-yard field goal in, like, 20-degree weather? What yeah. are you thinking? Yeah. That's <laughs> so stupid. I I was so mad. Was no, like, but did you... It's s- cold. Like, he, there's no way... Thin air. To kick Thin sc- air. When well, the guy said, he, I can
2: make it from 60, and they try him out there at 62. Uh, did you see them break down the... So, I was stunned when it didn't go far enough. <laughs> and wobbled. Would
1: it have made it from 60? No, oh, no. <laughs> that thing that thing that thing made it like
2: an L shape when it got. When it, it was, was like, like a Peyton Manning deep throw is, his last year. No, but here,
0: just for, take the tie, get off the field, take the tie. Sorry,
2: no, forget the kick though. They broke down Russell Okung and his kick slide and how it against speed rushers. It doesn't work. I was about and, to say,
1: I think Russell Okung's kick, uh, kick slide breaks itself down.
2: Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was funny because you know we're we're missing Russell Okung this year. is is unproductive as he was but to see like the Seahawks let him go because he wasn't worth the 7 or 8 million dollars maybe we'll get him back at a bargain next year maybe not either way it's uh, it's hard to get a left tackle in this league it's hard to get a Walter Jones Walter Jones was a gift to us it sucks that we wasted him for like 4 or 5 years i couldn't build around him but it's getting a left tackle is hard
1: that's one thing i did the last couple of years since in i've the been strong
2: right yeah
1: you mostly and i mean high. there's some outliers but what do, you, I, what do you think
0: about trying to do like a reclamation project on like Greg Robinson, the guy that the Burroughs I'm in favor watched. of
1: it. Like I think I, I'd have to take a look at what there is to work with, but I think he could at least be like you, a middle of the road tackle.
0: Do you think that, that route is better for us than trying to uh, draft like these undrafted guys or late round guys and try to mold a guy into one? Do you think like saying like Hey, Greg Robinson, you're a Number two overall pick, you're probably got some talent. Like, let's try to mold you into a good offensive lineman. With
1: a team in the situation that we're in, why can't you do both? Sure, I think there's cap room to do both. I mean, and I don't think you want to take a late England, round guy, but like a second or a third.
0: The New England route is to do the the reclamation project, that's and that's not a
2: bad is. way to do it. Well, also the reclamation projects are for now. Like this Seahawks team isn't exactly young; they're not old yet. But we're really good at building for the future. Like and you the don't guys, want to waste the window. Yeah, yeah. the guys you have that we draft now in, in two years are going to be really good. Look at Cassius Marsh. Look how he's come on. I think he's going to be even better next year. That's, that's what I see. But like you said, you don't want to waste that window. And the offensive line is something we need to fix now.
1: The thing that I've been noticing, I've been watching a lot more tape of offensive line the last couple of years and really been trying to get a good understanding about left tackles. And that kick slides a trip. There's a number of left tackles in the NFL that can't really do it. So what you get is if you can't kick slide, like you see a lot of right tackles, they don't kick slide, they shuffle because they're not in isolation. If you can get a guy who can shuffle well enough, you don't have to kick slide, and then you just have to get a little bit of help against speed rushers, which a really aggressive speed rusher, there were a number of times where Noah Spence was out outplayed by back. Russell Wilson
0: because he, he ran out the back.
1: He ran out the back of the play, and
0: then they were then they're able to seal him off on the other side, yeah.
1: And so if you have a guy who maybe he doesn't have the footwork to play a great left tackle, he doesn't have that kick slide, and believe me when I say that literally is the difference. That lateral mobility is what yeah. puts a guy into the top end of the first round. Maybe he doesn't have that. Or maybe you think he has the ability to develop it, but it's not there yet. If he's not a plotter like Britt, then (laughs) you can teach him how to shuffle his feet and recreate a lot of that benefit, and that's how you get a guy who, you know, maybe he'd be like the fifth best right tackle, but he'd be like the 16th best
2: left tackle, and that's all we really have to have. Well, we're we're asking him to, what, you know, buy us a second, like... You know, get get your initial block. Give us in. two and a half seconds. Yes, exactly. Yes. Your initial block is one second, one point four seconds. Give us one more second before yeah. your play breaks down. It's going to take half a second for the guy to get there. That's three seconds. That's, yes, slide and put. That's great. That's it's it's weird. It is a numbers game. It's a it's a game of inches, guys, and inches in time. It's three seconds. Are we ready for picks? or Do we want to break down this game some more? No. No. I don't to, want to think about No to it, picks. Either. Nathan I, wants to talk Bay more to about it. think
0: about the Tampa Bay game, and I just like
2: want to, to mind-bleach that you, one. You want to bury the <laughs> NFC South, which this game will do. All
1: right, so, Nate, why don't you lead it off? What's your pick?
2: Uh, Seahawks 28, Carolina 17. Mm, I don't like that for a couple reasons. I don't think we're going to square that many points, and I don't want to give up 17 points to I think the offensive line team. will look surprisingly good back at home. I think you'll be... Pleasantly surprised with how good the offensive line plays at home. Uninspired pick right now. I will be at the game, which means nothing to you, any of you. Nope. 24-13 to Seahawks. 23-20 Seahawks. Ugh, Kevin, why yeah, so ugly? I actually
0: was thinking something more like that, but I decided to spread it out a little bit. I do think Cam Newton will struggle against our secondary.
1: I agree. I think that Olson will get loose for one. I think we'll get frustrated a little bit with some chunks being taken in the run game at a couple of points in time. And I think they're going to score some points. They just will. It's the nature of the beast. But I I agree with what Nathan said. I don't think the offensive line is going to be as bad. And if the offensive line isn't as bad, the fact of the matter is, if you can get past the front four on this team, you can gash them frequently. And so I could see a couple of plays going for scoring drives. I could see something like, a couple of touchdowns and a field goal,
2: maybe a missed extra point in there. Oh, that's the NFL these days. Interesting. Okay. So we all have Seahawk victory, as we should. It is a home game. I don't know. I just don't want it to be that close. Even if we even if we had a skeleton offensive line, I'd like to think that we play much better. I mean better we could have
0: tried to do what we did with the New England game. I'll pick the opposing team to put the whammy on.
2: <laughs> that's that's uh, I'm saving that for next week if we lose. So. Okay. That's, <laughs> so I don't want to go there yet. Uh, anything else, gentlemen? Uh, do you want to plug some contacts before we get into movie night? Uh, yeah, let's put, let's do some plugs. All right. Uh, so I just wanted to plug
0: our pa- our Patreon. Patreon is the best way to support our podcast's ongoing adventures. Uh, if you want to support us, you just head over to patreon dot com slash seahawksnest. You can find that link on our Twitter or Facebook page. Uh, it's pretty easy to do. We've got all kinds of Patreon only posts, including. Our Thanksgiving podcast special, where we break down what each Seahawk should be thankful for, and our favorite Thanksgiving movie, which there's really only like one Thanksgiving movie. We Thanksgiving also Which we all agree, there's only really one Thanksgiving we movie. We also break down yeah, our ghost plates. plates. Oh yeah, we break down the best Thanksgiving foods. <laughs> uh, and then we also are, uh, uh, you also can get access to our Google Hangouts after the game, uh, our really cool stickers, uh, single play breakdowns that I do every week on YouTube. And I think that's all the Patreon exclusive content. That's all we have right now. now. Um, although until the love starts rolling, in yeah. Once mm-hmm. we, I mean, if you come in on the higher level, you can get some cool stuff, and you can always move down to the lower level after you get the cool stuff, and just support us for a dollar twenty four a month, uh, twenty four, you know, to our boy Marshawn Lynch. May he rest in power. Wait, retirement. He's, dead. he's not dead. He's retirement and peace. Just R.I.B. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, that's uh, that's the Patreon plug right there. For all of you. Also, we're at twelve dollars a month out of a hundred. If we get to a hundred dollars a month, we're going to run like a dope trivia contest with like cool prizes, like jerseys and stuff. So, get in there and uh, support us, please. Indeed.
1: <laughs> um, also, you know, like us on Facebook, hit us up on Twitter, talk to us, uh, reviews, all that good stuff. Let's get to movie club. All right, uh, we're going to talk about a movie
0: that I think is a comedy. Ahead of its time, a movie where if they made this movie five, ten years later, it would have been uh, an all-time classic. I think it was just it just hit like way too early. Uh, it is the Norm Macdonald, Artie Lane uh. classic, uh, "Dirty Work," uh, which is like probably one of my uh, my one of my favorite comedies of all time. Uh, it's so funny and
1: so weird. And yeah. so good in so many ways. This is a movie
2: that just has jokes and yeah. such a skeleton so plot, just built with jokes.
0: Yeah, it's like it's like the the plot is just a uh, Sco- shooter McGavin is a land developer who wants to do terrible <laughs> things, and uh, you know, uh, Norm McDonald makes a business where they're going to like basically prank people. For well,
1: life. first, Norm McDonald fails at making money a bunch of times because Artie Lang's dad is the grandpa from. The uh, Uh. problem child movies with John (laughs) Ritter. And uh, his doctor, Chevy Chase, has a gambling problem. And he, oh yeah,
0: and he's like, he's like, needs a new heart. And he's like, I'll jump into the top of the transplant list if you make ten thousand,
1: give me ten thousand dollars to pay off my gambling debts or whatever. So Artie Lang and Norm McDonald try and take on odd jobs to make the money, and they're terrible at all of them because they're two slackers. Yes.
0: And then so yeah, they come up with this. Uh, this they work for to... Don
1: Rickles at a movie theater. By the oh, way, oh, that oh, scene oh, is yeah, amazing.
0: Awesome. Yeah, Don Rickles is just ripping them apart, and then they're like. They that's how they figure out their business though. They figure out that so they they play a prank on Don Rickles and then people are like that was awesome. Here's twenty bucks. Yeah, they all like put money in the hat to get him to do it basically, and then he pulls the prank, and then and then they uh, they're like okay, so now like, we can just you know mess with people for money. So then they they start a business where they just. Like mess with people for money called dirty, dirty work. work. And uh, there's one. There's a great scene where they they invade like a television commercial, like a, a, live, live a live television live commercial. board commercial for a
1: TV yeah. for a car lot
0: for a car lot. And there's just like they uh, they get all these. Uh, they hire all these prostitutes to st- pose as dead hookers play in the dead. trunks of the cars, and then they get all the the clickers so they can open the trunks of the cars, and then. <laughs> <laughs> There's like seven, <laughs> seven dead hookers,
2: five dead hookers, something like that.
1: So, the best part of the scene, the, 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 this is my favorite line, and this is I one that heard. my brother and I will do
0: all the time. Just like, he's like, Why are all these dead, there are all these dead hookers in these trucks? And, and
1: he goes, I've never, uh, oh my God, I've never seen so many dead hookers in all my life. And it pans to this cop standing in the crowd, and he just kind of looks off, like far off in the distance, and goes, the Lord knows I have, <laughs> and his partner standing slightly off behind him, just nodding his head slowly and looking introspective. It is such a Norm McDonald joke. joke. Yeah. Yeah. So Norm such a good well, joke. Yeah, so Norm McDonald. Such a good joke.
0: The most Norm McDonald joke though is when uh, he's with his grandpa in the in the hospital, <laughs> and or he, and it turns out it's his, with the with the dad, and it turns out it's his dad, and he's like. I have to tell you something. I'm your dad. And he's like, no, you're not. And so he's no, like, look at this, and he hands him this locket. And he's like, oh, it's a picture of you having sex with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I knew he wouldn't believe
1: me unless I showed you that. Well, there's so many good jokes around that. We didn't have fancy birth control methods like pulling out. Pull oh, out. stop saying dirty stuff about you and my mother.
0: <laughs> it's just so many, so many <laughs>
1: stupid jokes right there.
2: I love it. It's of all the you know the SNL films like you know Chris Farley was. Was with David that Spade really ninja. and Chris yeah. Farley. By the way, had a great spot yes. in this movie. I don't know if it's a cameo oh, or just, a weird, a, good, no,
1: it's it's just a, a weird role. It's a good, it's a good role. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it was Adam Sandler had a cameo oh, as the devil God, as Little Nicky. Yeah, ah, <laughs> it's
0: that like that's like the Little Nicky like yes. genesis is in this movie. But uh, the 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 Chris Farley thing that has that that's another great line in the movie when he's like we're gonna play a we're gonna play a real fighting song Rolling,
1: Street, Rolling Stones Rolling, Rolling. Street Fighting Man G
0: seven like just like you just hit G six and then it plays the Pina if Colada you song. like Pina Coladas <laughs> yeah, the,
2: caught in the rain or whatever <laughs>
0: that song is so it's so good yeah it's uh, but of
2: all the SNL movies you know people love Night at the Roxbury Norm Macdonald. One of my favorite comedians of all time, maybe my number one comedian of all time. Anything he his, does, his moth joke. The, if you just go onto YouTube and want, and listen to the <laughs> moth joke, it's you don't laugh at that. I hate you. Four and a half minutes <laughs> of a joke that needs to be four and a half seconds, but it's it's amazing. <laughs> I can I he I does memorize a lot it. of those. I get like really good time. But yeah, it's it's a Norm Macdonald movie. It's it's not an SNL movie so much as it's just Norm Macdonald's movie. Norm Macdonald is. He cameos in a bunch of movies. He's he's just kind of in the background in like the Adam Sandler movies. But this was his chance to shine, and I don't think he disappointed. I thought it was great. I love this movie.
1: It is one of my favorite comedies. It is a movie you could pull out anytime and watch. It's funny. It's topical. It's really uh, well done.
0: The only thing that's good about it is that it's only like eighty minutes. Yes. Yeah. So like, if you're thinking like, oh, I might, I might check this out. I might not. I mean, it is not a time commitment to watch this. No, one uh, Artie Lang's one of his probably his best movie.
2: Yeah, too, Artie right?
1: Lang was not coked out of his mind. It was like, it was before he did way too much this is, drugs.
2: This is why he got coked out. He got I the just, money. To I just get really coked feel like this movie should have came out in like two thousand
0: five. It would have been so big if it came out in two thousand five. What I don't understand, it was like really, a, it was like just before all these kind of movies came out.
1: How did Joe Dirt get this big underground following? And Dirty Work is a much better movie. That came out situationally similar
2: and does not get as much play as joe dirt that's a deep question kevin why why do people like crap and the good things go unnoticed
1: well, joe dirt is an enjoyable movie it's in its own like, way but, but it's this so is expected. this is just a better comedy
0: it's just it's like the movie it's like a meta movie and the, that's why i think it's so ahead of its time like it's just like oh we're going to like it's just like we're gonna do all these dumb gags. It's like the dumb gag comedy that kind of Will Ferrell brought well, along. When they're later.
1: hiding the fish in the in the development, and uh, the people come in, so there's one they're hiding dead fish so all over these apartments, there, yeah. and it's Artie Lang and uh, <laughs> it's, and Norm MacDonald. and there's this part where they you you hear like the door open, and they're literally using like radio sound booth sound, so it's like. And you hear him walk in, and you, you hear like these, uh, these like these tough guy Brooklyn accents talking. And the guy goes, "One guy goes, smells like fish in here." And the guy goes, "What? It sounds like a signal word. Are you wearing a wire?" And you hear oh, a mob hit right. happen in the background. Yeah, you just hear like a gunfight break out. And they're just standing there frozen, holding the fish still. Yeah, they just hold the fish the whole scene. And, and then, then Artie like, Laying starts to them. put the fish. No, down, and Norm MacDonald just slaps his hand and grabs him, and they run out. And they don't show exactly any of the mob action. It's just happening. It's all... It's yeah. a pure audio gag.
0: Yeah, they they did... They just... It's just like... It's um, jokes. It's like a comedy. It's like a comedy that doesn't... I don't know. It just did it. Sounds it's like really a punchline stupid. comedian. made jokes. Yeah, it, it sounds really
2: stupid. It was a comedy written by comedians. Because yeah. let's face it, nowadays I mean, they're they're written by actors and, like and those writers. Movies
0: kept getting made after that. Like a movie like Semi Pro follows like the same formula. Yes. Where like Semi Pro is just like all these gags and jokes and scenes they set up Or old school. Is another example. All these gags, even and Anchorman, and gags really that they set up. But really, like there's, it's just, it's just the the plot is just to get you from one joke to the next joke and the next gag and the next weird thing that's happening
1: it's like listening to rodney dangerfield set it's just Mm punchlines like it's not this big story or anything he's just gonna hit you punchline 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 you're listening to -to wall-to-wall jokes
2: yeah and like like we said it's 80 minutes it's not gonna waste your time if you haven't seen it it is thoroughly enjoyable yeah.
0: Alright, well that's our that's our movie club for this week. This is our shortest podcast of the season that I think it has to do with how sad we are about last week. I think <laughs> yeah. we tried to get that over with as fast as possible. Like ripping off a band-aid. We'll I'm okay s- with that. That sadly was that though, was
2: for you fans. There wasn't really anything to break down in that game except our souls.
0: Yes. I mean it's it's I think anyone with two eyes can figure out what was wrong with the hey, Seahawks. All the
2: Seahawks afterwards <laughs> talked about how like Bobby Wagner, this is so disappointing. We're better than this. Richard Sherman, we're better than this. Well oh, hopefully Carroll, they go out, hopefully
0: they go out and prove it this week. I,
2: I'd love to see it. I'd love to see a dominant performance against Cam Newton, who who dabbed on us last last playoffs. Well, he to be fair, if he's down twenty eight points and scores a touchdown, or I'm sorry, gets a first down, he's gonna dab. It's Cam Newton. He's a clown, a clown, clown. For Kevin Garber, for Nathan Santo, for executive producers Brett Hancock and Kerry Santo. I'm your host, Eric Roundback. See you next week. Go Hawks.
1: Tim Duncan. But well, I got nothing but a little song, a little tune to play,
0: to make a good time.